Hello, I'm Olivia Shipsey, the current Editor-in-Chief of the Main Campus. My name's Chloe Hepburn, and I'm the Business Manager of the Main Campus. And I'm Mia Kaufman, the Main Campus's Marketing Director. You're listening to Anecdote, the Main Campus's official podcast. Over the past week, a lot of people have been thinking about national administration change and how the choices made over the next few months will have an effect in their local communities. Right now, many of our UMaine student leaders are preparing to graduate, and these positions are opening up to allow for new students to make a change. This includes the election of our student body president. So today we have Bentley Simpson and Harrison Ransley, two very familiar faces on campus who are here to discuss their leadership experiences at UMaine, specifically with their roles in student government. Thank you guys both for being here. Um, Would you guys uh, want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, Harrison, I'll let you go first. (laughs) (laughs) All right, putting me on the spot. Uh, Hello, uh, my name is Harrison Ransley, and I am a third year here at UMaine, and I am a senator for student government. And I'm Bentley. I'm a uh, senior marine science student here, uh, concentration in oceanography. Uh, I was also once a senator for two years, actually, and now I'm currently the president of student government. That's very nice. Harrison, what do you study? All right. Uh, I study political science and economics, and I also have two minors in innovation engineering and leadership studies. Wow. Dynamic. Hefty. I'm going to move the microphone really quick. There. (laughs) All right. So to start off. Um, Bentley, could you explain to us um, the structure of student government? Because I think a lot of us tend to get a little confused about the actual title that you have um, versus just like being student gov president and also the title of the VPs. Yeah, so uh, we have myself as president and then we have our chief vice president who is currently Chase Flaherty. So the vice president of student government is the president of the Senate, so they chair the Senate meetings. And then we have three other vice presidents. We have the vice president for student entertainment that does a lot of planning with the CCA and plans the spring concert. We have the vice president for student orgs that manages the clubs and their active or inactive status. And then we have the vice president for financial affairs who you know, manages all the incoming funding requests and prepares our budget on an annual basis. And then we also have a few other employees, including our assistant to the vice president of financial affairs, Pam Rideout. She's one of our full-time employees, an absolute saint. Um, we have a executive, exec, sorry, an executive administrative assistant, um, director of communications, and a clerk, and an FEPC chair, which is our fair elections guy. Uh, so those are all the employed positions within student government. Mm-hmm. And then we also have the senators that are like the voting uh, board of trustees, essentially. And we also have uh, the representative and the representative boards and community association presidents. So that would be like IFC, Panhel, the Student Heritage Alliance Council, commuter and non-traditional students and that sort of thing. Gotcha. And how do you become a senator? Yeah, so it's a pretty straightforward process. You have to come into our office. So our office is located in the Wade Center, which is on the first floor of the Memorial Union. You can come in and grab a sign-up sheet for senator. And we just switched to the college-based system. So we have all the academic colleges represented within uh, the Senate structure. And there's also a few at-large positions. So as a marine science student, which falls under the College of NSFA, if I wanted to become a senator, I would have to get 25 signatures from other NSFA students. Uh, but if you apply to be at large, then you have to get 50 signatures from students in general. Once you get those signatures, you come to a Senate meeting and observe, just so that you're, you get a little bit familiarized with our order of business and how Robert's Rules of Order work. Then you have to just print off your transcript and your class schedule so we know you're not skipping class to come to Senate meeting. 
And then we also have you meet with our attorney because as a 501c3 nonprofit, we do have some confidentiality restrictions regarding contract negotiations and uh, some of the more you know touchy subjects. So like who gets to be the artist for the next main day concert? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> All that stuff. Uh, we have a lot of confidentiality agreements for our senators to make sure that if people do leak that stuff, there has to be accountability. Mm -hmm. Darn. <laughs> to John <Gently. laughs> Yeah. What would you say some of your... Um, greatest accomplishments have been over the past year? So I would say the accomplishment I'm most proud of was actually the job I did as vice president. Um, nothing against the past presidents, but <laughs> Robert's Rules of Order can be a bit strict at times, and I think it can inhibit people from participating in the meeting if they aren't familiar with the language to make motions or how to speak or you know call a point of privilege or a point of information. So when I was chairing the Senate meetings as a junior, I tried to, you know, relax on the rules a little bit and make people more comfortable with speaking up. You know, don't drop the gavel on them right away and, you know, hammer them into silence, but rather correct them and, you know, help train people to participate in meeting. It's been a very good uh, term as president because two of our vice presidents are staying on for a second year. And then our previous president, Logan, stepped into the vice president of student entertainment position. So we've had a really strong team throughout the year, and I would say... I'm also just really proud of uh, how much we've navigated. There's been some, there's been some crazy <laughs> stuff going on behind closed doors that we've, you know, tried not to like get to us. But as a as a nonprofit, there are certainly, you know, threats to our sustainability, and at times uh, that can be a little bit intimidating. So having having just navigated all that, uh, while also maintaining our regular function of planning the concert and training senators and planning retreats and working with the administration has been. Uh, something I'm rather proud of. That's awesome. So if you could look back to the beginning of last semester, did you have an idea of like what this year would look like for you or did you just kind of go into it? I knew, well, I, I knew, I knew that the presidency would be more demanding than vice president, but I underestimated how much more work it would be. I set myself up pretty good in so far as I'm only taking six credits this semester. So quite frankly, academics are less than half of what I do here at the university. Uh, looking back at this, you know, going into, going into the fall semester, uh, what was your question again? I guess to make sure I answered that. I guess, like, did, did it, like, meet your, like, expectations that you had for it? I would say it, it exceeded my expectations in many regards, namely how much work it would be. Uh -huh. uh, but, you know, as vice president, I got to shadow Logan Armando, the mm -hmm. previous president, a bit. So I saw the work that he was doing. So I, I did know what I was getting into to some degree. And just to clarify, you were the VP to Logan, and then you weren't the VP of, like, one of the committees. Right. So last year I was the vice president who was chairing the Senate meeting. Gotcha. So I was Logan president was president. President of student government. Right. Gotcha. Uh, right. So okay. Logan was president, I was VP. And now this year I'm president, and Chase Flaherty is our vice president. Gotcha. All right. So Harrison. Uh, you've been an avid part of student government for a couple of years now. How many years? Uh, this is my third year. Third year. All right. So um, how does it feel knowing that you're likely to be president next year? That that question makes me very nervous. <laughs> I feel, like I know there's no one else like officially on the ballot, but I, I would like to say it, I have not won any election until the election is over. That's just like gotcha. knock on wood sort of thing, mm -hmm. but... Imagining that you do win, how would it make you feel? <laughs> I would feel very excited. Mm -hmm. um, Good answer. I've, 
I do realize that it is a lot of work. Um, I might not fully know everything because I'm not an executive. I'm a senator. But as far as senators go, I try to stay as involved as possible. Um, I would I would happily say that Harrison is our most involved senator. Uh, works very closely. He's our policy and procedure chair, so he works with us on amending our bylaws a lot. And he's uh, one of our members of the president's cabinet, so he comes to our 8 a.m. meetings on Wednesday and uh, reports on a lot of the special initiatives he's working on as a senator. That's awesome, Harrison. Um, so you ran for student body president last year mm -hmm. against Bentley. Mm -hmm. Were there things that you took from that experience that made you a stronger candidate this year? Um, yes, actually, I would definitely say. I'm just trying to take a moment to think about it. Yeah, go for it. Um, so I remember, like, Last year running, I was I was very excited. I was like, ooh, this is going to be really tough because uh, Bentley and Chase, when they were on the Senate, they, they were equally as involved and just very impressive individuals on their own. And the fact that they were running together, and I was like, ooh, this is going to be difficult. They have more, like, Bentley has been a part of student government longer than me. So, like, I was like, this is going to be very difficult. But I was very much, very gung-ho about it. Um... And some people might have said I was a little too gung-ho. So, <laughs> so maybe, like, taking that, that time afterwards, because, like, after losing, I was like, dang. But um, I stayed involved because I, I just really have a passion for student government. And, like, taking that time has been good because I some of the things that I'm working on in Senate, I'm kind of actually glad that I've gotten a chance to either, like, structure them a little bit better and also start to take a step back because mm -hmm. like going into the final year I realized it's going to be really hard to start up like a big new project because that that was something I always loved doing and but any project like that takes like a couple of years at least to right. do like these things take a while mm -hmm. so having that like buffer year of like coming to that realization and then being like oh okay we need to like institutionalize this a little bit more and step back a little bit so it can help like flourish on its own and that I think will inform how I operate if I were to win the election. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, quick thing, be careful about when you yeah. go like that. <laughs> All right. Actually speaking of new projects and new ideas, if you were to be elected, do you have anything um, that you are prioritizing? Yeah, so I actually have, um, I'm a little hesitant to make hardcore uh, priorities until like we see what the team is next year because other people will have other ideas as well and some of them will flow but um i have a whole list of ideas on my phone though <laughs> and you can go scrolling on them for a while actually <laughs> and not all of them would pan out and there's not enough time to do the rest but um one thing i want to look at is like the system that we have in place for senator recruitment and um, I want to, like, map it out, like, write it down. It's actually something I'm sort of learning through innovation engineering, where we map out systems. A mind map. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> Olivia hates the mind map, but secretly she loves it. it. <laughs> well, in a, in a class I'm actually taking right now, they're, like, focusing on systems. It's actually not a mind map. It's better because mind maps are kind of fun. They're I agree. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, they're helpful, but they're okay. But, um, but it's, like... Actually writing down all the points of variance that happen in the recruitment process because if you optimize each individual part of a system, the system as a whole won't flow as well. And so I think it's important to take like a conscious look at that and like see what maybe parts to the system we could add or maybe subtract or like just 
just help flow because I want senators, I want students to feel very empowered. Like, as a senator, you could potentially just walk into, like, a department or an office and be like, I'm a representative from student government here on student interests. I have this question, these ideas, help me out. And, like, that actually holds a lot more weight than people realize. Yeah. It's a lot of power. I think you really hit the nail on the head. And if, if I can chime in about the, the previous question about you know, what, what have you learned since your last uh, run for president, I think that you and I have learned very similar lessons over the last year insofar as things kind of move at a snail's pace at the university <laughs> level. When I, when I was vice president, I thought Logan, the president at the time, was like this crusty old man who like <laughs> didn't, did, didn't have a broad enough vision or like wasn't ambitious enough. Uh, but like as I've moved through the presidency, I've come to realize that some of the things that I wanted to do when I was going into presidency weren't really attainable. I wanted to do a fall concert in addition to the spring concert. Um, you know, some of the smaller things like getting the bumper balls or battle balls, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them, the big, you know, inflatable <laughs> balls you can yeah. play, put over and then you play soccer. Um, like, I'm happy we got those, but what I've come to realize going into the second half of my presidency is that my my goals for the semester were reoriented a bit insofar as senator recruitment is a perpetual issue for student government because when people come into the university, a lot of people don't know how we're structured, what our function is, how to get funding from us, where our offices are located. Mm-hmm. So a, like a continuous piece we have to focus on is outreach. So I think that over the last year, I think you and I both kind of realized that sometimes it's just doing the little things right mm-hmm. that make all the difference. Because well, you, have to, you have to have the, the, enough senators to actually, you know, yeah. many hands make light and work. And they need to feel like, like, they need to feel like they can take the initiative to feel empowered and be like, hey, we actually can do this. Or like, why not? Absolutely. Um, uh, just, and that is a huge issue because student turnover like kills organizations like ours. Yeah. If you look at yeah. other like, student governments across like, maybe different states, <laughs> maybe some in our own, like, some of them are almost almost gone. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's honestly a privilege to be able to work within the student Yeah, government. that's a problem that we face here, too, because we have such a high turnover rate. I think that, like, student or- organizations just on a college campus in general, like, it's such a unique environment um, mm-hmm. because it changes so frequently. So do you think that you'll be able to deal with that? Like, if it's your last year in school, like, do you think that as a candidate you'll be able to, like, lay the pathway for, like, future projects? Well, um... I do believe that that is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it would be anything I would be able to personally oversee. Yeah. Uh, like, for example, a new committee was made, the Student Mental Health Committee. And I had a role in helping to start that up, but, like, I'm not going to be able to be too involved. Like, right. I'm, I have, I'm already committed to some other projects that I've been working on for two years now. Mm-hmm. And, I like, if I give that up, no one can take that over. So I can't. I can't switch over to this. So it's like trying to get those new people. And um, as far as like being able to do that, I think there are ways to like change some of the policies, maybe change some of like the recruiting tactics, maybe change some of those traditions of student government to help encourage that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like one idea, and this is like sort of talked about every now and again, um, is maybe having like an event where student government maybe could host like some sort of forum or something where senators go out and like touch base with the student body a little bit more maybe having senators go to more student events uh stuff like that just to help get out there more Mm -hmm. that's actually a question on social media that we'll address in a bit so on social media um we asked everyone what are some of the issues that the next UMaine student president should address and Bentley you are welcome to um touch on any of these as well so um 
One of the first questions we got was, um, how sexual assault cases are handled through the conduct office? Ooh, that's a, that's a really good topic. I think Harrison and I could both speak to that a lot. So Harrison and I worked together, I think it was last year that we started the committee, the Student Code of Conduct Oversight and Review Committee. So every three years, they review the Student Code of Conduct at the system level, and that takes into account you know changes at the federal level regarding Title IX. So we started this committee ahead of time to try to do the groundwork and conduct a thorough investigation during the downtime, you know, we didn't want to, because what happens is, you know, Dave Fiacco from the, the Student Code of Conduct Office will reach out to me, actually just did like a week or so ago, asking for a student to be appointed to the Student Code of Conduct Review Board at the, at the system level. But rather than just throwing in a student at the system level, you know, out of the blue without much background on what the actual issues are, uh, it's kind of hard to have, you know, really high quality feedback. So our hope was to rather do the groundwork during that down period between that, those three years so that we would actually have a hefty report to you know, rec make recommendations to the system level review board. So I know they've had some uh, Title IX changes coming down the pipe, um, so I've been told. Um, Harrison, I'll let you jump in on that, seeing as you're the head of the Student Code of Conduct yeah. Review Committee within the Senate. So yeah, this, this committee has, is one of the projects I've been working on. And... Um, yeah, no, the, the real goal was to gather information on how the process actually operates because you can read something and uh, these things, like, it makes sense and everyone is working together on this, but sometimes, like, some things just don't become clear until, like, you just see it play out. Um, and we started looking around for information on how those, on how the code plays out. And we found some, just some things of concern to bring up. And we've been, like, gathering information, trying to find what the, proper like proposals would be and also reaching out to some of the other student governments in the system because this is a system-wide issue so it's important to have like mm -hmm. system-wide feedback and also to really have a unified voice when we go to review it because any sort of system-wide initiative gets a little bit trickier it's harder to coordinate and you're also presenting to um, administrative bodies that are far more disconnected just, just last week, actually, I managed to branch out a little bit beyond just the UMaine system. So I was in D.C. for a conference where there were 300 student body presidents there. So you know, we got to run around the city and we're, we're talking about you know, what has worked well on our campuses. And the president from URI, his name is Nick, we got talking about uh, preventing sexual assault on campus and in bars and you know, that sort of culture. And he said he went to the bars and was asking them what they were doing to prevent sexual assault. And, you know, outside of the bouncers kind of keeping an eye on things, that was you know, about all they were doing. So his question was, well, what if the bouncers don't see something? So at the, the bars surrounding URI, they distributed flyers for something codenamed Angel Shot, which is they basically put the flyers up in the bathroom saying that <clears throat> if you feel unsafe or, you know, someone's basically trying to get you to go home with them and you don't want to, you can order an angel shot and, you know, you can get it neat, which is like, you know, one thing like, oh, I just need a, a bouncer to escort me out. Or you can go, yeah, I need an angel shot with ice, <clears throat> which is like, hey, call me an Uber or like a tip whip. Or you can get uh, an angel shot with lime, which is like, call the police. So like, that was a really, like, wow, that's a really, really good idea. So I'm actually hoping to bring that back. And Nick actually just sent me some materials regarding angel shots. I'm hoping to go contact the bars in the Orno area to get that put up. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Part of it is student code of conduct, and then the other part is, you know, what can we just do as a community to look out for each other? Yeah. General question about that, because I've actually read, like, articles about that, and I think it's a really good idea. Would, just, like, technically speaking, like, would you change the name, do you think, like, 
when you like like would each individual bar have their own thing so that like if you already know the word angel mm. shot and like the girl that you're trying to like woo like goes in and like orders that and like you know do you think yeah you I, it? I, I was thinking about that and i think that it's a bit of a, a catch-22 where mm. you want people to know about it, but once people know about it, it's not even so much a code name. You're right. just basically walking up to the, the bartender and saying, hey, can you like get, yeah. get this person yeah. to leave me alone? Um, I, I don't know if you would necessarily change the name. I think it would be something to talk about with the bars, mm. and quite frankly, I would hope to get feedback from the schools that have implemented it, uh, implemented it and hear the feedback that they have on it. Nice. All right, so our second um Issue was racism on campus. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? It's a it's a very complex one. Yeah, um, sure. <clears throat> I think probably the thing that comes to a lot of people's mind, just speaking frankly, with some of the the social media posts that have been seen throughout this school year, um, mm -hmm. you know, some of <laughs> some of the bigotry there. Uh, I think that free speech on college campuses is incredibly important. And one thing that I found was going into some of those meetings where you know. Uh, the administration would call together a meeting about, you know, what are we going to do about some of this language on campus that's being spread. And the reality is, if it doesn't break the law, and if it doesn't violate the student code of conduct policy, then there isn't much to fall back on as far as taking action against students. So I would, agree, I would think that upholding free speech is important. But the counterpoint to that is, I think that when you hear that stuff, you kind of just need to call it out you know, mm -hmm. like confront people on it. And I think, you know, another piece of it is, you know, some of, the, some of that social media stuff is just junk. So, I mean, why even give it the time of day? You know, don't, don't share it, don't right. give it likes, don't give it the attention, because that's the whole reason that some people do it, is to get the attention and to get people, you know, in, you know enraged about it. Yeah, and you would just hope that students would think not to do that to yeah, begin yeah, with. Yeah, it's, uh, it's more complex. Than, yeah. you know, obviously, some people take that stuff to heart. You yeah. know, it, it is a serious issue, and... Uh, in a country that's becoming increasingly divided, uh, college campuses are a bit of a microcosm of what's happening at the national level, where we're seeing you know more division at, at the at the national level, and that's kind of you know manifesting itself on campus. But whereas the campus is a smaller community, and you know we all take pride in being black bears, and you know we're all family to some degree, uh, it's on us to just treat each other with compassion and quite frankly correct each other's wrongs mm -hmm. in, a, in a in a loving and passionate way, where you're not trying to you know, prove your point, you're just trying to actually educate each other, and I, I think a big piece of that has just been, uh, like, quite frankly, for me, it's been a really nice learning experience with the bird's eye view that we have of what's going on on campus, knowing about some of the multicultural events to go to, and going and attending those, and getting to interact with those students, and just breaking down some of those barriers that typically, you know, I just wouldn't interact with those, you know, have the opportunity to interact with those students, so breaking down those barriers and, like, forming real friendships with people of different identities has been extremely rewarding. Mm -hmm. Harrison, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I do think I do think it is important to make sure that everybody on campus is supported. And sometimes people won't necessarily behave in a way that isn't always the best. Like some people might be rude. Some people like I, I am aware of the social media posts that have been going around, and those it, it was rude and it did hurt some people, but. Um, like Bentley said, there is like free speech and uh, the law. You know, we don't have any sort of ability to go above the law. But as student government, we do have the ability to support like all groups on campus, um, and that's very important because diversity is something like 
it's so important because that's where you learn from other people. You know, like part of like that diverse experience is meeting someone new and like learning from them something that you couldn't really learn from anywhere else. And that's really something that really makes life very colorful and wonderful. Um, the Senate's a really special place for that too because in some regards the Senate is really the most diverse group on campus. I mean, that's the whole point of a, of a government is to represent the entire population on campus. So, you know, it's, it's really cool getting to interact with perhaps the most diverse group on campus from freshman to senior, male, female, fraternity, sorority, international students, you know, multiple religions, all that stuff. Um, so I, I would agree that, you know, when you see, when you see hate, you can't, you can't combat it with more backlashing of hate. You have to just have like a, an outpour of love and support for those that are being attacked. Yeah. Uh, that actually plays really well into another question we got on social media, and um, I was just wondering if either of you, but more specifically Harrison, could speak to thoughts and ideas on ways to better diversify student government so that it's mm -hmm. an even better representation of the student body um, and can relay the concerns of the students. Absolutely. Um, I think a key part of that is uh, really getting senators to take the initiative and go out there and get involved and um, really sort of welcome anybody into student government. And it's really important that we are there. It's like you can't, in a position of leadership, you can't really expect trust. You need to earn it. It's kind of like respect. And so part of that is really trying to get out there and like really putting an effort to touch base with, with everybody on campus. Definitely. Um, so another question we got is um, how can student government make sure that student voices are better heard by administration? Because the majority of us, we're not on Senate. We don't necessarily know how to speak to administration in a very clear way. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, so I have uh, one idea where it sort of ties back to, it's similar to senators going out, but also like maybe like once a semester, and this would take some figuring out. But uh, having like a, an event where student government hosts almost like a panel or something, and we like a town hall sort of thing. So students can like directly speak to us and we can take that information and put it in a way that will be more productive with the administration. And I also think another way to help improve like student representation on campus is to sort of just get more involved. Try to find new opportunities for positions in student government or in the administration. Uh, like recently the Senate uh, ratified one new position on our end with like policies uh, represent uh, to have an undergraduate representative to the provost council, and I don't know how long that may have been a thing, but um, having it integrated into student government will help make it more productive because not only do we have that representative going, but that representative is also connected to many other people who also hear student feedback. So it helps just make the whole process more efficient and to make that position a lot stronger. Those all sound like great ideas. Yeah. yeah, I would say in addition to the town hall, which maybe we can even get one off before the end of the year, um, I know in the past we've sent out surveys to the student body just trying to get feedback on the things that they would like to see us work on. But additionally, uh, myself, the vice president, and our board of trustees representative meet with Dean Dana bi-weekly. And every time I have one of those meetings come up, I'll say, Senate, you know, I've, we have a meeting coming up with Dr. Dana. If you have anything you'd like me to mention in that meeting, let me know. And quite frankly, you know, I've never really gotten feedback or additional items to bring to Dr. Dana. 
Uh, I think that we have heard a pretty strong outcry about student mental health on campus, and there's been a lot of concern around that. So we've tried to take action by having Doug Johnson, the head of the Counseling Center, come in and hearing his perspective on the issue and trying to figure out what we as students can do to support each other in that, in that regard. Um, but yeah, just you know, going, going to the events on campus and really acting like a true representative, just always wearing kind of that, that student government badge yeah. you know, on, on your chest to some degree. It is hard to get that feedback sometimes because, uh, I mean, sometimes we'll, when we talk to students, I remember one time when I was filling out a senator application, this was actually the first time <laughs> I, was, I was going to become a senator, um, students started talking to me, it's like, well, what are you going to do for me? And a lot of students just signed, and so I was actually like, it was actually kind of exciting, because I was like, oh, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know, I've never been in student government. I like, I, I don't know what I can do. And they're like, I want another water fountain right there. And I'm like, I, can't, I can't do that, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I think that's, that's one of the, the issues is that some people don't really understand what is under the purview of student government and what's under the purview of just parking services, you know, right. where, where we don't necessarily have a say. I mean, that being said, we do have a services and auxiliaries representative that, that actually meets with facilities as well. Um, Emma Willie is currently in that position, and she's done an incredible job advocating for, you know, uh, single-use restrooms in multiple mm -hmm. buildings and, uh, like, feminine hygiene products and bathrooms. And, you know, it would I think be... Can I come? Uh, yeah, it would actually be surprising what sort of requests are realistic, yeah. too, because currently going on, there's like a swing initiative where they want to put like a, maybe a few swings on campus, like and like it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. Like, hold your horses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> EPA permits and um, accessibility. Yeah, like it's it's a whole thing. But like, I don't even remember. That might have been Emma, Emma mm -hmm. Senator Willie who came yeah. up with that, but um. Maybe like some some people say stuff like that, and then like that actually might be yeah. possible. Well, so. actually, some of the responses that we got were strictly maintenance related. Mm. Um, so I don't mm. know if you guys have any control over these, but how cold hilltop dining can be. <laughs> um, <laughs> parking how on hot campus. Is. Yeah, probably <laughs> true. Um, the parking situation, obviously, um, and potholes in the roads. Do you guys have any sort of power over those areas? Only so far as that we can advocate. So yeah. the student activity fee that comes out of you know your bill says fifty three dollars per student per semester. We have very strict financial regulations on how we spend that money, and we will never spend that money on paving or improving a building basically because that falls under facilities. Um, when we had the really bad potholes this past spring, and people were posting memes mm -hmm. about it, and there mm -hmm. was even like a yeah. like a like a petition. You know, <laughs> that, uh, I signed it. I, I did I'd sign it. it. Yeah. That was, that, that's the sort of thing that you know. When we see that, that is a form of communication to us. It's, that is a way that students do communicate through you know, memes, right? Through through <laughs> yeah. social media, basically. Um, yeah. you know, so, so I actually, I, I, I got to sit in meetings with Senator Willie and Jeremy Chubbuck, the head of facilities, and we just had like an hour long presentation that he gave to us about the budget for paving and like what their priorities are. And once he gave us this full presentation with campus maps and the timelines, we were able to take that information and try to relay it to the student body. Of, okay, here's like here's the plan. Here's how it's going to improve. Mm -hmm. So really, you guys are just like the liaison between maintenance and then us. Like for maintenance issues, like yes. in that, yeah. 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 In that that, no, that's yeah. actually for all everything. you do. <laughs> 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 that's all we do. We do. <laughs> so, um, some of the funnier questions we got. Um, Bentley, what happened to T Pain? 
You're asking the right questions. <laughs> You're asking the right questions. Uh, we all I, need I don't to know. I think I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, uh, it, just, it, just, it just didn't pan out. Just a big shrug. Um, it didn't pan was, out. Sorry. <laughs> didn't pan out yeah. That hurt. Um, that was yeah. terrible. Yeah, I'll cut that, that out. That was, no. that was a really one. Um, the, the vice president for student entertainment at the time, I remember, it had probably the worst week of his college career well, when he found out that T-Pain canceled. I think you know, we they, all did. <laughs> they, they, they did an amazing job getting uh, Snake Hips to come, and like that mm -hmm. was a really good pivot to still salvage the concert. But, you know, I just hope that we can avoid a similar thing happening this year. Yeah. I think the other kind of funny response that we got was that there's a severe lack of Frosted Flakes at York Dining. So. Wow. We had to Ooh. tell you this. Yeah. Were you aware? Make happen. Right it really yeah. is. It it's very important. <laughs> it's very important. So to kind of start the conclusion of our time together, um, Bentley, from your experiences as this year's president, what are some of the biggest pieces of advice that you could give to Harrison if he were to win? Stay <laughs> on top of your emails, uh, which is kind of a, a two-part thing. So, like for me, I personally find emails to be just a bit stressful. Um, so I would say one: make a routine, a daily routine for answering your emails. If you have the discipline, do it first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. So, like seven a.m., just clear your inbox, and then you know do it during your office hours as well. Um, the second thing I would say that kind of goes with emails as well is delegation is a learned skill and I've not always been the best at delegating different tasks. I think that especially in the office of president when you're as passionate about student government as we are, it's really easy to hear about something that needs to be done and you just want to throw it on your back. And before you know it, you're, you're just kind of hoarding all these projects and, you know, you're just overwhelmed by it all. So, you know, you have to learn to kind of, you know, delegate, you know, to the FEPC, to the student orgs, to the director of communications. And a lot of that is just forwarding an email and telling, saying like, hey, I need this done. Like, let's check in, you know, in two days. Let me know, let me know if you need anything else. Um, so, I mean, like, a lot of the emails I get are also just things I don't know how to respond to offhand. Um, like, just recently, Kimberly Whitehead, the chief of staff for the president, reached out to me about the Little Hall Task Force. So, two years ago, we put through a resolution supporting renaming Little Hall. And... Now, uh, Kimberly Whitehead emailed me and was like, hey, we're, we're moving forward and considering renaming Little Hall because Clarence Little, um, you know, kind of a product of his times, but supported eugenics, among other things. So, you know, if I was receiving that email, she was asking, like, well, what, what would you suggest for future names? And can you sit on this committee? And it's like, wow, like, of course I'll sit on the committee, but, like, I don't know what the names are going to be. I don't know even what to recommend. Bentley Hall. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Simpson Hall. <laughs> so some of that stuff, though, it's, um, you know, that email went to me. So I feel like I'm obligated to sit on that task force. But perhaps, you know, like rather than taking that one extra thing, that one extra meeting, uh, perhaps I could just delegate that to a senator that actually has some, you know, passionate views or opinions on that. So... Don't always don't always hoard things to right. yourself, and the, the emails they'll stack up quick if you're not careful. Yeah. So. All right, so Harrison, um, if there's one promise that you can make to the student body during your presidency, uh, what would it be? Well, um, as far as like a promise goes, like if I were to promise to start and finish this whole new initiative, like that would take a long time, and I am going to graduate hopefully. <laughs> like fingers crossed but um I might be able to like 
Like, I, I don't want to, like, promise, like, hey, I'm going to start this, this, and this, because you don't always know the ramifications behind something. Like, I have started a project and then realized, eh, you know, that's not the best, and then, like, dropped it, because there are, there are more efficient things to put time to. But um, I would, like, I can at least promise that this is going to be a chief goal of mine, is uh, really sort of expanding student government into... Uh, representation towards the administration a little bit more just because right now like a, a big thing that we do and this is critically important is like we fund clubs on campus and that's awesome because that that does a lot of good like students do a lot of good on campus everywhere and even outside of campus there's a lot of community initiatives um but i do think there might be a little bit of room to uh play around with things that might not necessarily be tied to money uh, there was, like, one idea tossed out. Actually, I think you brought this up, Emily, uh, with uh, finding a way to help organize uh, landlords, like, the landlords in, on campus and whatnot, and have, like, a list on its page, because, like, a lot of students run into <laughs> landlord issues, uh, speaking from personal experience. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. friends who... Well, I'd love to chime yeah. in on that, not to, you know, oh, put, promises you you mouth, <laughs> put promises in your mouth, oh, boy. <laughs> but uh, one thing that I've seen as an issue within student government is it's very easy for the baton to get dropped from president to president. You know, um, a couple of years back, one of the presidents was working on getting hammocks on campus, and we were just, you know, inches, inches from the end zone, and then they graduated, and that just didn't get passed off properly and all that progress over the course of an entire school year was just pff, gone. Mm -hmm. So speaking, I think I mentioned earlier how like as I've moved through my term, the, the gears in the machine have gotten a little bit more greased up and things are kind of moving along now. So two things that we're kind of trying to slide through last minute. One is Aventus, which is a uh, platform for organizing the student orgs so that clubs can do their own upkeep so that our vice president for student orgs doesn't die when she's constantly updating <laughs> At all these Taylor forms. Yeah. <laughs> um, and plus it would have the centralized campus calendar for all the events so if you were you know the president or vice president of a club you could go on to the, the eventus portion of our website and say yeah we're going to have uh, this event Thursday 5:30 p.m. in the north part of the union and people that go on there can just see all the events that all the clubs are hosting on campus and now jumping to the point that you just mentioned rent college pads so they reached out to me in the fall and we were currently uh, under contract with a, a company called Places for Students. But this is basically a website integrated with Google Maps that you have to have a UMain ID to log in as a user. And then it's all student feedback. And you can sort by landlord. And you can see other student reviews of the landlords. And it kind of pitches the bigger off-campus establishments, like the Ave and the Reserve and Orchard Trails, against your local landlords. Because quite frankly, you know, you have to live on campus your, your first year, and then a lot of people just flock to, you know, one of those three big ones. And mm -hmm. having also lived there, quite frankly, I'm much happier now with a private landlord just down, down the road from Pat's. So if we can, you know, incorporate some educational resources in there, uh, I think that would be an excellent initiative. But, you know, I might not be able to finish that job. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I just had a meeting about it last week with the administration to to introduce the idea, they have to go through procurement and get the attorneys on board and get contracts written up and, you know, there has to be a contract between student government and the university and then between the university and the company. So there's a lot of paperwork and some of that stuff, while we're finally getting getting it rolling, can take a while to finish up. So my promise to you, Harrison, is that I'm going to do my best to hand off the baton 
uh, in a nice, clean, crisp fashion, so that you can. So that you can <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our last question. Um, thank you guys both for thank your time. You so and you. I think this is like this is all really great information. I think a lot of us like weren't sure about before. So yes. yeah. Well, uh, feel free to check out the student government website. We have the applications on there. We're constantly accepting uh, new senators, mm -hmm. and the term is from uh, the beginning of the spring to the beginning of the spring. So if you fill one out right now, you won't have to do another one in the fall. Does, uh, um, does student government have any like social media that people can find you on? Yeah, uh, quite frankly, I don't have Instagram, so I don't even remember what the tag is. I think if you <laughs> it's look like up it's like UMSG uh, or something like that. Yeah. But check it out on Instagram. We have a lot of information about the concert on there. Our website has information. Mm -hmm. um, you know, check us out. Swing awesome. by the office. We're down in the Wade Center. Come in, just grab some tea, chat with us if you have any opinions or things you want us to bring to Dr. Dana or one of those meetings. <laughs> Or if you're still upset about the potholes, you can come talk to us about that, too. <laughs> oh, we will. So. Mm. The tag was UMSG, Inc. Yep. Mm. Boom. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll make sure to tag you guys in the episode. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. For anyone interested in being more involved in student government, there are several committees that you can join without having to be a senator. This includes the Student Entertainment Committee, Student Mental Health Committee, Student Organizations Committee, and many more. For more information, you can visit the UMaine Student Government website or email one of the committee heads. So this has been episode 5 of Anecdote, and believe it or not, Chloe, Olivia, and I only have about four more episodes left before the school year comes to a close. Speaking of the end of the year, the main campus has several big positions that are opening up for next year, including Editor-in-Chief, Business Manager, Culture Editor, Opinion Editor, and Podcast Production Manager. These jobs will be posted soon on CareerLink, and we will also be putting this out on social media once that happens, so stay tuned. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next week.